The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. Tough morning for Chiefs fans as the Chiefs lost on Sunday night football to the Buffalo Bills by a score of 38-20. to Chiefs head coach Andy Reid joined the media via Zoom conference call on Monday. And right here on this podcast, you will get to hear from the Chiefs head coach. Let's go to him. Here's Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Um, last night, he's got a broken hand. and um, He had that throughout the game. Ended up continuing to play. Didn't miss any plays as we, as we went forward there. So... Um, you know, he, uh, he actually did a pretty good job in there. So anyways, the, uh, I'm going to give you kind of the same thing I gave you last night. I think turnovers, penalties, and, and explosive plays were things that defined the game. Um, you can't, you obviously can't win, uh, games with the four turnovers and seven explosive plays in the first half. And, um, you know, if we could put it together like we did the second half, um, now you got a good football team. So you've seen signs of that. Uh, I thought the defense played well the second half. They had the one long scoring drive after uh, they'd stopped, you know, the team on, on fourth down uh, and had a penalty called. So, um, you know, and then offensively, we had a ton of plays. We didn't take care of business in the red zone. So if you're two and five in the red zone, then that's not good enough. You got to make sure you score touchdowns uh, when you're down in there and, um, and and take care of business. And this is against a good football team. So you, you, you got to play better than what we did. And, um, and so that, that's where we sit now. We'll work on it, these things, and get them fixed going forward. Uh, the best part about this is that you – uh, there's a taste there that you you know what you need to be and you can be, and now you go get it. And so we've got to make sure we, we do that. Anyways, with that time, Jordan. Let's go first to Herbie Tiope. Go to Herbie. Hey, Coach. I know you don't want to use injuries as an excuse, but, like, what you want to do defensively with, with – with Frank Clark dealing with the hamstring, Chris Jones dealing with the wrist injury. How much has that affected what you guys want to put on the field uh, with, with, as they try to recover from them? Yeah, so, I mean, listen, I mean, we've never used injuries as an excuse. We've uh, won big games with, without 
uh, you know, big players at times. And, and, and so um, I expect the next guys to step in and, and, and do their job. As far as the coaching goes, well, yeah, you set certain things up for certain players. I mean, that's what you do. You try to utilize the player's strengths and work them into the game plan and go from there. So um, if you're down a guy, then you're not going to have that part. But, I, again, I expect somebody else to jump in and go. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy. Um, Pat was saying after the game, as you know, he was talking about the interceptions and he's saying he needs to reevaluate maybe some of his decision making and and maybe change the way he goes about doing some things. What would you what do you want to see him do differently in that regard in terms of the interceptions and his decision making? And, and Brad, I'll have a quick second question as well. Yeah, so Pat Pat's wired. Um like a linebacker. I mean, that's how, that's his thinking. He, he wants to get after you every, every snap. And so he tries to maximize each play, you know, and I think what he's saying is that there's a time and a place for that. Sometimes you, you, you can try so hard that you, you do something that you normally wouldn't do. So, um, and he, he realizes that, uh, you know, scoring touchdowns is an important thing right now. So, uh, he's and, and he's going to try to do the best he can to do that. So uh, there's a time and place where you got to pull back on some of those things and and just take what's what's given and go with it. Okay. And uh, Tyron also said, uh, in essence, that he thought maybe it was getting it a little difficult for guys to uh, um, be the the game that everybody's shooting for on the schedule, the opponents, and and, and maybe taking everybody's best shot every week. Do you sense that's becoming a burden for your guys? Well, I, I would tell you this, Adam. I, I don't think that's a burden. I think that's a, a plus. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be in any different position than that, um, as are the guys that have been here before. And now you've got an influx of new guys. So they, they weren't here the last year or two. So they, they don't, they're not, we're not speaking the same language there. They're not feeling the same feelings that way. So I think everybody, we just all need to rise our game up and and have that same urgency to get things done. Next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Coach, Eric was telling us a couple weeks back that he felt like his guys, specifically in the offense, had to respect the process. I'm wondering if, obviously, the season's not over yet, but you're not where you want to be. If you feel like you've skipped some steps along the way compared to years in previous yeah, I listen. I think on this, Aaron. I think we've taken the same steps. I, um, you know, we stick close to the same program that we've had in the past. Um, it's getting everybody kind of caught up on this and understanding it and working through it. It's some of these guys is their first year doing this, and and uh, we just got to keep growing, and we've got to do that fast, and and so. Uh, that's that's where we're at right now. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. And, and Brad, I'll have a, a follow-up. Uh, Coach, can you – listen, I know you can't have a seven-round draft and a free agent period right in the middle of the season. You, you know, the guys you have are the guys you have. But uh, do you have to, to step back and evaluate uh, who's doing what job and maybe look at, you know, just bringing some different guys into the lineup to try to just change things around or, or maybe give you a different – you know, set of skills to try to attack with on the defensive side? 
Yeah, listen, we try to do that. Well, you know, we look at all that. Uh, I would say every every game, win or lose, you want to try to get the best guys that you got in posi- in position to do a do a job, uh, do their job, and so um, and make you the best you can be as a team. And, and so we'll yeah we'll keep looking at that, and if something needs changed, then we'll change it. And we're pretty real with those kind of things. I know last night you, you mentioned you were asked about the, the big completion to Knox where Sorensen seemed to lose him. And you said, well, you wanted to look at the tape and take a look at it. Have you had a chance to look at it and, and what happened uh, on that play? Yeah. Yeah. So he did. He, he ran a corner route and then he kind of turned it back up into a swing route. And um, as a quarterback moved and, and he dropped him there. So he can't do that. He had his eyes in the backfield and, and lost where the tight end was. So you got to make sure you, Got your eyes on him and, and know where he's at. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Andy, I'm just wondering, five games into the season, what's the biggest issue you see right now with your pass rush, particularly with your guys up front? Yeah, well, you know, the third quarter, we were able to get more pressure on the guys. I mean, they worked through it and got it done. Um, to that point, we, we probably weren't getting enough pressure on the first half. Uh, I'm saying with the front four, um, but again, they worked through it and, and kind of figured it out and, and got it done. We just got to do that a little bit quicker uh, as we go. Let's go next to Sam McDell. Good, Sam. Hey, Andy. And, and Brad, I'll have a, a follow-up here. Um, Andy, understanding that, uh, you know, we can all watch the film, but don't understand it at the same nuance level that, that you do. Patrick said last night that you guys are seeing different coverages than what you've seen in the past. Um, is, is that the case? Is that what you're seeing? And just how different, I, I guess, is it, is it drastically or is it just new wrinkles that you think you're seeing in coverages? Yeah, so when, when Pat was on his first few years, we saw a lot of man coverage. They challenged us with man and um, – you know, and then we started getting pretty good at that. But we went through a phase there where, like we are now, where man was, uh, we, we struggled with it a bit. Um, we pounded through that. And then um, and now we're seeing zone. We're seeing the shell zone. So whether it's too deep or whether it's quarters, palms, uh, which is kind of a mixture of cover four, the quarters look and, and two. And they're making you kind of work your way down the field. So we're putting these drives together or having hiccups within the drive or you're having turnovers or penalties and those things, uh, they kill you. And so it's not that you're not racking up the yards. It's not that you're not moving the ball. Uh, you've just got to be more consistent with it and be able to sustain these drives. Um, they're not going to give up the, uh, the big shot there necessarily. This you kind of answered my second question, but I'm guessing that does take a little bit of a change in a mental approach, right? I mean, to not to kind of tell yourself that, you know, I, I don't have to get 50, 60 yards on this play right here because it, it, that's not what's there. Yeah. So there's a time and a place for that. And, and so, you know, we um, you, you got to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to throw the ball. You've got to have your short intermediate game. You got you've got to have the whole package. You got to be able to move the quarterback around. And, and, um, and, but most of all, you've got to be able to sustain that. So does it take a certain concentration level to do it? Yeah. It's tough to drive the length of the field, but 
we've done it before and been successful with it. We did the week before uh, this week and we're very successful with it. So <clears throat> it's a matter of uh, letting everything play for you as you go. And sometimes you got to pump the brakes a little bit and, and, uh, and, and just take what's given and, and you roll there. And it doesn't matter if it's a run game or the pass game. I and mean, it's the same thing. And it's not just one position. It's everybody. It's everybody doing their job, coaches included. We've all got a part of it, you know, so. We'll take one more from our locals and then we'll go to Washington Media. Uh, let's go last to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. I had to go back nine years to find a four-game stretch where one of your teams had turned the ball over 11 times. So that doesn't happen very often. I know you said last night that there wasn't necessarily, they were all a little bit different and unique, but to you, is, is there a physical or a more mental aspect to a lot of these turnovers that you're seeing? Well, the, the, the mental is that uh, you're not trying to turn the ball over, um, that you, and then it doesn't help you uh, morale wise. It doesn't help you. But the, the physical part is really kind of where it comes from. So whether whether it's a ball being hit out uh, of your arm or whether it's an interception, a tip ball, you know, uh, you know, whatever it might be, they're all different flavors here. So, um, but it doesn't help. It doesn't help. Now, now the defense has got to go out and overcome that part and, um, and step up and, and fix it. And then, um, you know, you, it, so there, there's that, there's that aspect. Now we, most of all, though, you've got to take care of the ball. I mean, we know that. I mean, we, you, you just know that in this league, the way things are going, uh, offensively, you've got to take care of take care of the football. We'll switch gears and go to Washington Media, and we'll start first with Michael Phillips. Go ahead, Michael. Hey, thanks for having us. Um, obviously, we've asked you a million times about your relationship with Ron over the years, but I'm curious how – watching him go through what he went through last year with battling cancer and starting that, you know, a pretty difficult project there in Washington, how that changed your view of him or what you saw from a distance. Yeah. Well, he's tougher nails. So, I mean, you knew that from as a player and um, I was able to see it, you know, through his coaching, working with him firsthand there. So, um, and then the world got to see it and what a great example he is for so many, you know, for, haven't gone through that, persevering through it, the toughness that it takes, the mental, staying positive mentally to work through it and, and then doing his job the way he did. So. We'll go next to Nikki. Go ahead, Nikki. Hi, Andy. Um, thanks for taking the time. Um, just with your few years with Ron in Philadelphia, do you have any favorite memories of, of working with him? And, and what really stood out to you about his coaching potential at that time? Well, I thought he was he was positive, um, and he had a great relationship with his players. He had a great relationship with Jim Johnson. He trusted him, and that was kind of Jim's position that he was coaching. Position of choice was that linebacker spot, and I think Jim was a great teacher to him. But also, Jim had a lot of respect for him. So um, you, you had a feeling he was going to be a good coordinator, and you had a feeling that if he got a chance to be a head coach, he'd be a good head coach. We'll go next to Sam. Go ahead, Sam. Andy, um, obviously you have a lot of assistants in the NFL uh, as head coaches, and, and this year you've played a lot of them early on. What differences, big or small, 
are there in preparing to face a former assistant? Well, they, they, they kind of know what you're going to do and you kind of know what they're going to do. So you, you've got to, um, you know, you try to have a couple creative things for them, but most of all, it's going to come down to fundamental technique and so on um, as, as you go through it. Uh, Ron's got a good football team there. So we've got to, you know, we've got to make sure we have a good week of preparation as we get ready for them. We'll go last three right down the line, starting with Matthew. Go ahead, Matthew. Uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, what have you seen from uh, Ron's teams in, in the second half of seasons and why they've been able to, to play so well? What, what do you think it is about him that allows some teams to play well down the stretch? Yeah, I, listen, I think it's uh, – well, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I, I, I think they're just more familiar with what their system is. He's able to keep guys relatively healthy. Um, they trust what he's doing. I mean, all of those intangible things, I think, is what kind of takes place. They believe in what he's doing, so they don't let things get down. Go next to Rhiannon. Go ahead, Rhiannon. Hi, Andy. Thank you for taking the time to do Just, I think we played each other, Ron, and you have played twice. Um, you got a win, and he's gotten a win. What have you noticed about him has changed over the course of his coaching tenure, either in those two games or just over the time that he's been a head coach or since his time with you in Philadelphia? Yeah, he uses his personnel uh, well. So he, he knows what is the strengths of the personnel are, the weaknesses. And he, he does a good job, I think, playing to their strengths. Um, and therefore, every time I've played him, it's been a little bit different. And um, and I'm sure this will be too. So, uh, But the base fundamentals are there. Uh, the scheme, the base scheme is there. So, And he's got Jack Del Rio there too. So, I mean, that's uh, – you know, he's got strong coordinators to go with his experience, um, in particular on the defensive side. We'll go last to John. Go ahead, John. Thanks, Andy. Um, you said that Ron was tougher than nails as a coach when you were with him. What did you see to say that, and how could that apply to, you know, he's, they're obviously having a tough start. How can that apply to what they're going through now? Yeah, well, he, listen, he was demanding of the players. I mean, he, he had been there and knew what, knew what it uh, would take to be successful. And, and so he, he made sure that he stayed on top of the players that way. Coach, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks.